This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Matt Straub welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 1st. The start of the NBA season is just three weeks away. Free agent mayhem is behind us, and we are full speed looking ahead at what to expect this coming season. We're going to be previewing the fantasy outlook for a number of big-name players, including Brandon Ingram, John Collins, and Hassan Whiteside. All that and more coming up on the show. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Right now we're joined by my co-host, Steve Alexander. Steve, what do you have to say for yourself? Well, I was afraid you were going to ask that question. I just uh, attended a funeral for my neighbor. She passed away on Thanksgiving Day. It was very sad. Sorry to hear that. Um, it's okay. And uh, we're sitting there, and the, the preacher pulls out his phone. He's like, I need all these turned off. I don't want to hear any phones ring. Oh, no. If it, if it does ring, I'll assume it's it's... God calling us to, to talk to us. So I'm like, take mine out. I put it on airplane mode. My phone never rings anyway because I have it on silent. I have no alerts. No, it doesn't do anything. So I'm sitting there. He's talking, and this is like 30 minutes into it. And all of a sudden, do, 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 do. like my alarm to be at this recording of this <laughs> show goes off right in the middle of this thing. And I'm like, Oh my god! I got to it pretty quick, but it was it was horrible. It was horrific. I got flushed, hand starts quivering a little bit, and I I'm not kidding when I say this. Three minutes later, somebody's phone starts going do 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 do, and it was the preacher man. He pulls it out of his pocket. He's like, "Nope, that's not God either." Turns it off. 
And my wife looked at me and she goes, he just saved your butt. <laughs> what was the song that was playing for you? I don't know. It's... Oh, I thought you... I thought you had like a custom Like a Michael Scott, like some like it hot, hot, hot type thing. Yeah, no. That's... That's embarrassing. It was terrifying. That is. I thought, you know, because I called you before we got on here to check in, see if you, you see if you were connected. I was scared for a moment that my call was the one that went off, but fortunately not. Dude, that would have been pretty cool. But if you would have called me, it wouldn't have mattered because my phone doesn't ring. But the, the alarm system that I have, a very intricate alarm system to keep me... Uh, knowing where I'm supposed to be. You know how it is. I don't even know what day it is usually. <laughs> Wait, just give me, an, give me an example of your alarm system. Like a couple examples. Well, for this, I had it set up for 1130. Okay. And it says podcast at noon. And then, I don't know, uh, picking up my kid at the bus every day at 240, my alarm goes off like clockwork because... I don't have any alarms. So I'll never, I'll never remember to go get my kid. You know, so you stuff have like that. You have to have the actual alarm going off. As like, what about a calendar alert? Would that do it for you? A pop up calendar alert that doesn't make no. Noise? I'm, I don't Outlook and me and the calendar. We just don't All like. Right. If my kid has a dentist appointment, I have to tell my wife to put it in her calendar because my calendar's a my my alarm system is my calendar, Matt. That's that's where we're that's what we're getting at. Okay, I like it. I it's could probably school. use a class on on a, how to use a, a iPhone. My son, my seven year old, is in virtual school, and you know, kind of has to keep track of when he needs to be back on. And my wife got him an egg timer, so it'll be like you're on in twenty five <laughs> minutes. So then he'll set it for twenty five minutes. <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe you could get one of those. Maybe wear it around your neck on like a chain. And then just set the <laughs> egg timer for like 40 minutes from now. Oh, flavor. Got, yeah, got to go to the podcast. Ding. Time to go. Just well, you know, I have a clock sitting directly over my computer, like right in front of me. It's a day clock. You know, it doesn't tell you what hour it is. It tells you what day it is. I, and for instance, I can tell you that it's Tuesday right now. <laughs> and you're correct. You would be correct. Well, I'm, I'm glad that we got a little little window into that world of yours i enjoyed that <laughs> let's take a second here to why don't we talk a little fantasy hoops uh we'll start at this random juncture eric nem of neem nem neem uh yes nem i'm gonna say sure. both ways of the athletic reports that dante DiVincenzo is likely to take over the starting shooting guard job in milwaukee of course the bucks notably did not get Bogdan Bogdanovich. He will be wearing the Atlanta Hawks uniform this upcoming season. But let's look at DiVincenzo and what this all means for him. As a starter last year, modest numbers, 8.6 points. But he adds in 5.5 boards per game, 2.9 assists, 1.4 steals, 1.03s in 24 games as a starter. He didn't shoot well from distance in a starting role, just 27.6% on threes. But... Steve, I guess looking at this from an optimistic angle, this was just his second season. His points almost doubled from year one to year two, 4.9 to 9.2 overall. I don't think we're looking at an explosive ceiling with this guy, but you project in a little bit of growth, and this is a guy who could potentially get you double-digit points in a well-rounded stat line. Feels like maybe a real nice late-round fantasy sleeper. Are you on board with this in any way, shape, or form? Uh, I don't think I'm as optimistic as you are, possibly, but... You know, you love the you love the transcending stats. You know, a guy 
doubles up what he did the year before, he could easily double it up again this year. If he does that, his numbers are going to be incredible. One thing, had they not signed Bryn Forbes, uh, Mm -hmm. the sharpshooter from the Spurs, I'd be a little more psyched about Dante DiVincenzo. They also have DJ Augustine, who had a big role in Orlando. He could have a big role in Milwaukee. I think he can play some shooting guard, too. I would not be surprised if the Dante DiVincenzo thing ends up being an experiment, and if Forbes doesn't overtake him at some point uh, this season. But I think a late-round, last-round pick, if you're looking at Dante, and he's definitely starting for the Bucks. After training camp, I don't I don't think it's a bad idea to take a shot at him. You do raise good points, though, and that does take a little air out of the balloon with DJ Augustine, who is a good enough guy to carve out, you know, 20-something minutes, maybe in that George Hill role, right? And then you have, as you said, Forbes is going to play, too. So, yeah, that you could certainly see a scenario where Holiday moves over to play shooting guard for the Bucks, and then you've got Augustine in the game or Forbes and Holiday playing together. So, yeah, that could take... A little bit of air out of that balloon. So thanks for ruining the fun, I guess. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> All right. Next up, John Krasinski of The Athletic reports that Juancho Hernan Gomez, a, a name near and dear to your heart, Steve. My man. Is a surefire starter for the Wolves. We talked about Ricky Rubio and D'Angelo Russell and that whole fit and Anthony Edwards and how that whole puzzle fits together. But maybe just off to the side of all of that madness... You've got Wancho playing, I guess, power forward. as In 14 games as a starter for the Timberwolves, he averaged 12.9 points, 7.3 rebounds, 1.0 steals, and 2.1 threes. Those numbers are intriguing, Steve, but what do you think? I mean, it's also easy to make a case that he's at best the fifth option there. Do you think those numbers are replicatable? They don't feel like it. <laughs> you know, I don't think it's out of the question. I mean, this Minnesota team is sort of a mess. You've got Ricky Rubio and D'Angelo Russell. Rubio pushes Russell out of the point guard spot, which is going to be weird to see those two try to play together. Then you've got Josh Akogi and Jake Lehman as your small forwards. There is nothing to write home about there. Then you got Wancho at power forward. you got Carl Anthony Towns at center. Disaster last season. And, and so Wancho's in the middle of this. And, and given the fact that Rubio's not really a big scorer, I don't think we really know what Josh Okogie is at this point. Or, or do we? <laughs> or do we? That's a that's a good good point. But uh, Wancho's going to get his looks. He's going to get his shots. The other power forwards on this team, Jaden McDaniels, Jared Vanderbilt, and the old man, old reliable, RHJ, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, signed a training camp deal on Monday night. He's I had not- the privilege of blurbing that. It, got, it was great. It was it's just sad. It such a satisfactory blurb. But um, I'm kind of feeling Wancho. Now, I normally like to wait till midseason. Wancho gets an injury promotion and suddenly is going to be a guy that's going to hit a couple threes, get some steals, and do some things. But it's Christmas in July, Matt. Uh, we get Wancho in the starting lineup like now. Let's play America's favorite podcast game. How old is he, Steve? Ronde Hollis Jefferson, I believe you just called him an old guy. How how old is RHJ? Thirty. <laughs> He's twenty five years old, Steve. He is a he is he turns twenty six in January. So feels like he's been around a while. I will give you that. I'll be damned. But uh yeah. 
Rondé, younger than you think. Okay, let's go to New Orleans. Brandon Ingram, as expected, is back with the Pelicans on a five-year, $158 million extension. Last season was kind of a perfect storm for him. He averaged 23.8 points per game, 6.1 rebounds, 4.2 assists, 1.0 steals, 0.6 blocks, and 2.43s. Early on, he was a borderline first-round fantasy guy. He ended up 35th overall on Basketball Monsters' nine-category leaderboard. It's worth noting, though, Steve, after Zion Williamson debuted in January and played in most of their remaining games, Ingram wasn't quite as good. His numbers took a hit, down to about 20.8 points per game. But you look at the Pelicans now. Drew Holiday is gone. Does that departure leave enough room for Ingram to get back to doing what he was doing before Zion join the fray I think it should I think Ingram gained enough confidence last year uh, really took a huge step forward became like you said a first round player for half the year it's going to be interesting though to see how these pieces fit together because they've got Steven Adams first time they've had a a big name veteran center in a while there Uh, Zion Williamson we'll see how long he can stay on the court this season that's going to affect Ingram obviously uh, Eric Bledsoe replaces Drew Holiday. Alonzo Ball gets to run the point full-time now. And they still have J.J. Redick, Josh Hart, some other guys like that. But I think in the grand scheme of things, the loss of Drew, taking him off the ball, probably helps Ingram a little bit. I don't think Ingram's season was a fluke. I think he's going to – I don't think he's going to exceed what he did last year, but I think he'll come close to putting up the same uh, end-of-year production that he did last year. So if the bar to clear is 35th overall in a nine-category fantasy league, are you taking the over or the under on that? Uh, I'm going to take the over. So you you would not be taking Ingram if you have to draft him in or around the top 25 in a fantasy league? No, I like him better like 35-40, top 35-40. Since we last spoke, Steve, we have gotten some clarity about the Atlanta Hawks' suddenly crowded rotation. Specifically, we know via... Hawks GM Travis Schlenk, that Danilo Gallinari will be coming off the bench and backing up John Collins. Gallinari, of course, signed to a big deal by the Hawks this season. They're going to make him a very expensive sixth man. Now, let's talk, before we get to Gallinari, let's talk Collins for a second. Last season, he was suspended for part of the year, but overall, when playing, averaged 21.6 points per game, 10.1 boards, 0.8 steals, 1.6 blocks, 1.43 is the first player ever, Steve, to surpass 58% from the field, 40 from three-point range, and 80 from the free throw line while averaging double-digit points. Did you follow that? Yes. No one else has ever ever had that. those slash numbers. You know what I mean. In the history of (laughs) the game. And double-digit points. So you had some kind of marginal guys do it. Anyhow, with the arrival of Gallinari... And the Hawks added depth. Our most recent Roto World blurb says, and I quote, We're somewhat nervous about Collins being able to replicate his first round success from last year, this upcoming season. Your thoughts on that statement? Uh, first of all, I did not write that. <laughs> Secondly, I'm confounded by this Hawks roster. Like, I'm so excited about it, but it's also crazy in how much talent there is and I mean somebody's gonna get squeezed and it may be a couple people you know as a armchair quarterback managing this Hawks team I would just like them to throw John Collins out there at center throw Danilo out there at power forward 
bring Capella off the bench. I mean, we haven't seen Capella in so long. I, I don't even – I'm not convinced that he's going to come out and look like a monster uh, like he did in Houston. It's also – he didn't have to deal with a John Collins and a Danilo Gallinari there. He was sort of the big man, and everybody else was not big. So I don't know how the Capella thing is going to work out. I don't think of all the people that could get squeezed out of minutes and numbers on the Hawks. I doubt John Collins is one that we should be worried about because he's so good. The Hawks know he's the future of that franchise. So I'm not too worried about him. Uh, I do wish Gallinari was starting. It is interesting that your your man Cam Reddish is still going to start, it looks like, and not take as big of a hit as we thought he might. And then Bogey Bogdanovich. I'm really excited about him being here. And, of course, Trey Young. There's there's so many names on this team, and I don't know how you're going to divvy up all those names and minutes to keep everybody happy, but Lloyd Pierce is going to try to find a way. I agree with you, and let's let's just quickly close the book on Collins here. I'm on the same page as you there, continuing the book analogy, that Collins is the clear number two option in Atlanta, and I just don't see the way he's been ascending as a player, I'm not worried, even if there's added depth, you consider the fact that Collins is still improving. His numbers are probably going to go up a little bit regardless. He's the number two guy there. I just don't see any way you need to stay away from him in fantasy because the Hawks are deeper now. And it, and if people are doing that, that's fantastic for you and me in fantasy drafts. <laughs> Let's look at Gallinari, though. What are your thoughts on him coming off the bench for Atlanta? You know, I'll just start by saying... Even if he's a sixth man now and it's a new role for him, he's making $20 million plus per season his first couple years with the Hawks. That's not a guy – you don't pay a guy $20 million a season to play him 20 minutes a game. I mean, I think when Gallinari is healthy, he's going to be on the court heavily involved. Well, that's the thing. That's why when, when these deals initially went down for Atlanta, I thought Gallinari was automatic starter because of the money he's making, because of his experience. You might as well start him – while he's healthy, you know, to start the season before he gets hurt because he inevitably is probably going to get hurt because that's what so Gallinari does. But he's been relatively healthy the last couple of years. Um, he's gotten better at shooting the basketball the older he's gotten. And he's got to be excited to be getting a fresh start with a team with so much promise. And I'm going to use the old, it doesn't matter who starts the game, Matt. matters who finishes it. And I have a feeling Gallinari... Bogdanovich and John Collins are all going to be on the court at the end of games together uh, going crazy. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I think Capella is a guy who you potentially look at being hurt by this because, as you said, he may not be always closing games, and he may be a guy who's playing more like 25 to 28 minutes per game given how crowded the Hawks are. But then again, I mean, we've seen Capella be productive in that limited amount of playing time, so he he's not a guy I'll be staying away from in fantasy at the same time. Yeah, but I'm not reaching for Clinton. Capella and you know this league has shifted from being a big man's league to a guards guards league I I feel like and uh, the Hawks have a perfect lineup to go small I mean it's perfect Gallinari and Collins and Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter and Bogdanovich and Trey Young I mean that's just a perfect small ball lineup you know Capella could become a matchups guy he, he may play against the the plotting centers where they want to shut down the opposing big man, but when they play small lineups, the Hawks can go small with anybody. And don't forget, they did draft on Yeka Kongwu, who is a center, sixth overall. They're going to want to develop him too, so that's going to cut into Capella's time as well. One more name to hit on the Hawks here, Steve. Cam Reddish. 
when we last talked here, we were both a little worried about Reddish's role with the Hawks having added so much depth. But then a couple things happened. For one, we now know that Danilo Gallinari is going to be coming off the bench. That opens the possibility for Reddish to potentially still start at small forward for the Hawks with the likes of DeAndre Hunter and Kevin Herter probably also competing for that job. The second thing, Steve, is there's a story in The Athletic from Hawks beat writer Chris Kirshner with quotes from Reddish's trainer and one Steph Curry, who has trained with Reddish, raving about Reddish's progress. So I guess my point is, as much as we were kind of worried about Reddish getting squeezed in terms of minutes in production, I'm starting to think maybe Reddish is going to be all right. He may not have a huge ceiling season, but we saw him over the final 21 games last year, 14.6 points, 3.9 boards, 1.1 steals, 0.5 blocks, 2.13s. He's a guy who could still very much be worth drafting in every fantasy league. Yeah, I like the way you presented that. He might be all right because <laughs> I thought you were going to go, you know, once it's, once the training information came out and he's looking, you know, best shape of his life, he's added all this muscle, zero body fat, all that stuff we always hear. I thought you were might be taking that hook, line, and sinker, but he should start if he's in that good of shape. We know he's a good player. Um, he's only going to get better. He's super young. And um, I think he's going to be okay, too. Uh, but, like I said, I'm a little worried when this whole Collins, Gallinari, Bogdanovich, when they all ascend on the court, you know, in the middle of the third quarter, you know, start of the fourth quarter, somebody's going to have to get squeezed. Cam Cam might be that guy. But as far as drafting Cam Reddish in a fantasy basketball league, I kind of like using a late pick on him now where I didn't feel that way right right after the deal went down. Yeah, and I think if it was a situation where the Hawks still had the same roster makeup they had last year, I would be all in on Reddish as sort of a guy with sky-high ceiling this year. But I think it's probably going to take some injuries for him to put up big numbers this year, but I think he can do some, some low-end nice things for a fantasy team. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hassan Whiteside has signed a one-year deal with the Sacramento Kings. He's back in Sacramento. Remember, he was a top 10 guy last year for Portland, averaging better than 15 points per game, better than 13 rebounds per game, and nearly three blocks per game. Now, Rashawn Holmes, when healthy, was a very good fantasy option in Sacramento last year, around top 40. 
with his 12.3 points, 8.1 boards, 0.9 steals, 1.3 blocks. What we have here is a classic center platoon. Failure to communicate. <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust the Kings to get anything right, Steve. But I guess if I'm betting on one of these two guys in fantasy, I think it's Whiteside. And given how difficult it is to land a difference maker in blocks, I think I will gladly draft Whiteside. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make that pick in the early rounds. But if we get to the middle of drafts and he's still there, I think I'm taking a swing. You know, Whiteside was great in Portland last year when he played. He is a great shot blocker. He really had a resurgence in in Portland after the struggles in Miami, not getting along with this coach and and whatnot. I really thought he was gonna sign with a team that didn't have really any viable centers on hand where he could just kind of be the man and not have to worry about competing for a job. That didn't really happen. Rashawn Holmes, like you said, is a good center, uh, but he's not a, he's not a white side. When white side's on his game, I mean, he's a double, double machine. He's going to block shots, but I'll tell you, as long as white side's healthy and happy, he's going to ball out. And the fact that Holmes is there is probably going to hurt his fantasy value, his draft stock a little bit. You know, before Whiteside signed with the Kings, he was going like fourth round in the in the mock drafts we were doing. Now that we know he's with the Kings and he's going to be playing with Rashawn Holmes, I think he may drop a little bit, but it's still round five or six seems about right for Whiteside. Yeah, and if and if I've got to draft him in the fourth round, I think I'm going to let someone else do that. Even fifth or sixth, I think there's other players I'm I'm too excited about. I think to draft a 30 plus year old Whiteside, but. Last year, I wasn't that excited about drafting him either, and those who did obviously got an incredible reward. So maybe I'm undervaluing him, and I should be looking at him in the fifth or sixth round. Why did the Raiders trade head coach John Gruden, and why did they spend $100 million to bring him back? Michelle Tafoya, the longtime award-winning Sunday Night Football sideline reporter, unmasks Gruden by talking to his closest confidants and to Chucky himself. Download Sports Uncovered John Gruden, the coach worth trading for, wherever you listen to podcasts. Steve, a couple more names to hit before we get out of here. You and I have been scared to death of Kemba Walker since we started doing podcasts. Yeah. (laughs) And he's going to miss the start of the season. Yeah. According to Shams Charania of The Athletic, Walker's game availability will be updated in the first week of January. You said it. We've been concerned about Walker for weeks. This just seemingly underscores it. I guess... The only question I can ask you, another way to look at this, is there any point where Kemba Walker becomes a value in drafts because people are so terrified of him? Or is it just, don't overthink it, just stay away? Well, I think for you and I, it's don't overthink it, stay away, because that's sort of how we roll. Uh, But there's lots of people out there when they hear, oh, Kemba Walker is going to miss the start of the season. I can stash him, and then he'll be back for the fantasy playoffs, and my team's going to be incredible. And if that's how you want to look at things and that's that's where you want to go and you, you've got the patience to stash an injured guy, then by all means, go get Kimball Walker late and wait for him to come back and, and lead your team to a championship. I think Matt and I are more of – it's sort of like if you're driving your car and you, you're stuck in traffic and you know that you can turn right here and, and go down this street and cut over and come over here and come back, that you might get in front of the, the traffic that you're stuck behind – but by the time you do it, you end up in the exact same place. But at least you were moving the whole time, right? That, we like to be moving the whole time. So wait, so in this analogy, moving is not having Kemba Walker? Or it is having yes. Kemba Walker? Yes, moving because is ha- you, have, you have live 
bodies that are playing basketball in your lineup. I love that analogy. That is moving. I need to marinate on it some more, but I think there's a lot to work with there. I, I think Kemba's going to be the guy, as of now, is the ultimate auto-draft guy, where it's like, oh, someone just got kicked off their internet. They just auto-drafted Kemba. Cause like, Him and Clay Thompson. Yeah, Clay Thompson. yeah, yeah. Although I don't even know, like... Because Kemba's not out for the year, he's probably going to be ranked super early, you know, default ranked really high on Yahoo, ESPN, etc. Yeah, the fan tracks drafts that we've been doing, Clay's been right there, you know, like top 25, and it's just like, who's going to get him? That's just mean. I mean, you got to remove that. Come on, fan tracks. Yeah, I'm sure he's out of there by now, but we were doing super early, so. Steve, Dennis Schroeder has been with the Lakers for less than two weeks, and already he is campaigning for the starting point guard job in L.A. Via Bill Oram of The Athletic, Schroeder said, I did this off-the-bench stuff already the last two years in Oklahoma City. I think with LeBron and AD, I can be helpful as a starter in the point guard position. Now, Schroeder, as a reminder, was very good doing the -the off-the-bench stuff for the Thunder, most notably putting up 18.9 points, 3.6 boards, 4.0 assists, 0.7 steals, and 1.9 three-pointers last year. What do you make of his recent comments, Steve? And, I mean, he he did seem like a guy who really thrived in that sixth-man role for Oklahoma City last year. Does it matter for you, fantasy-wise, which role he's in, and is he a draft target for you in fantasy? I'm not shying away from Dennis Schroeder. I'm not scared of Dennis Schroeder. It's so weird because LeBron James is a power forward, but he, we have him starting at point guard for the Lakers, and he handles the ball and plays point guard for the Lakers almost all the time. So could they throw LeBron at small forward, bring Contavious Caldwell-Pope or Wesley Matthews off the bench and start Dennis Schroeder at point guard? Absolutely they could. They may even try it some in the preseason, uh, if nothing else, just to say, hey, Dennis, at least we listened to you and we tried tried to accommodate your request, but it's not going to work out, whatever. But I don't think it really matters if Schroeder's starting or coming off the bench so much because it just seems like he he actually seems like a better player coming off the bench when he doesn't have the pressure of starting. He's not going against the opposing one. So... I don't know. I, I I like the fact that he stood up and said, hey, man, let me start. I've done the bench thing. Let me pass the ball to LeBron and AD. That sounds easy, and it does. And uh, I'd want to do that too, but we'll see if the Lakers play along with it. Yeah, I mean, I think he was kind of in a perfect spot last year with Oklahoma City. I mean, you would watch some of those games, and Chris Paul would just give Dennis the ball and get out of the way and just let him go to work. I mean, there would be multiple possessions in a row where Dennis would just take over, and he kind of could – just go crazy against opposing bench players and when you look at him playing for the Lakers it's hard to see how he's going to get to 18.9 points per game again I mean I would I would drastically lower my expectations for that number to something like maybe 14 15 he's not a huge assist guy he's not a huge steals guy so suddenly his stat line is if you if you don't have those 19 points per game he's like a points and threes guy without huge numbers in either one so I think real life, it's a great move for the Lakers to get him, especially if he's happy in his role. But fantasy-wise, I don't think I'm going to have Dennis on many of my rosters. (laughs) Yeah, you bring up a good point. A lot of his value was tied to his scoring. Uh, With LeBron and AD, he's not going to be scoring a whole lot in Los Angeles. In fact, you said 14 or 15. That might even be be high. Uh, Plus, Alex Caruso is going to get minutes there too. So 
Yeah, that that makes me a little nervous about about Schroeder. But like I said, I don't think it matters whether he's coming off the bench or starting. The numbers are probably going to be the same. I just don't think they're going to be great numbers. So it's come full circle because you ruined Dante DiVincenzo for me at the start of this podcast, and now I ruined Dennis Schroeder for you as we yes. as we near the finish line. That's exactly what happened. It's poetic. <laughs> All right, that is about going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We'll be back here next Tuesday. We're going to look at some post-hype breakout candidates as we continue to speed toward the 2020-21 season. Stay tuned to rotoworld.com for the latest updates. Thanks to all of you for listening. Steve, thanks for taking the time. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.